Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. Before we begin, I'd like to invite you to keep up to date on logistics news and other important industry issues by subscribing to Transport Topics at ttn.ws slash ttsubscribe. You can also text ttsubscribe to 571-622-0001. In this episode, we're going to take you inside the making of TT's 2023 Top 100 Logistics Companies list, which we just published on April 24th. This annual ranking provides an updated look at North America's largest 3PLs based on annual revenue. The list includes the industry's top freight brokers, freight forwarders, warehousing and fulfillment providers, and dedicated contract carriers. Each year, we gather revenue data and other information for this project by sending an annual survey to these companies, conducting additional research, and also working closely with 3PL research and consulting firm Armstrong & Associates. To review some of our top takeaways from this year's Top 100 Logistics Companies list, I'm going to bring in my colleague Mike Senatori, Features Coordinator at Transport Topics, as well as TT Features Editor and Road Science Co-host Michael Fries. Thank you both for joining the podcast. Thanks for having us, Seth. Glad to be here, Seth. Before we go any further, I should mention that the complete Top 100 Logistics Companies and Sector lists are available online at ttnews.com. And of course, Transport Topics subscribers already received a print version packaged with the April 24th issue of TT. So to begin this conversation, I'd like to start by bringing our listeners inside the process of actually assembling the Top 100 and the related sector list that we also published as part of the project. Mike, can you walk us through the process of gathering this information and compiling it you know, and putting all the pieces together for this publication? Sure. So the first step really is for us to send out our annual survey for the Logistics 100. Uh, this survey, it goes out to company contacts for different 3PLs that we've gathered over the years of putting the magazine together. And the survey asks for data like revenues, employee counts, and other sector-specific information like freight brokerage revenue and warehousing space, that kind of stuff. Uh, once we get those survey responses in, we combine that data with the data that Armstrong has collected as well, and we use that to build all of our lists uh, that being the top 100, as well as all of our sector lists. Yeah, there really is a, a lot of information that comes together here, um, you know, both with Armstrong and Associates, the information that we gather at Transport Topics, you know, also going over uh, company earnings reports and, and public filings, for example, uh, and putting it all together. And it really is, a, you know, there are hundreds of companies on this list. It's not just the top 100 companies. There are also many others, you know, there are more, you know, even some mid-sized companies that appear toward the end of some of our sector lists. So, it is a pretty big undertaking. It's a project that we work on, you know, not just for weeks, but really months. It's months in the making every year. Uh, so it always feels great to get to this point where uh, we have the list assembled and we have the product out there and published, and now we can really talk about it. Uh, so uh, thank you for all the work that you put, you know, into that project. And, 
you know, without uh, any further delay, I think we uh, are at the point where we should, we should just dive into this year's rankings. Uh, so uh, number one, no surprise uh, at the top is uh, C.H. Robinson, you know, largest freight brokerage in North America and also remains the largest 3PL in North America. And, and that's no surprise. Uh, next on the list, we have a, a couple of very large ocean and air freight forwarders. Uh, number two is Expeditors International of, of Washington. And uh, number three, Kuna Noggle. Uh, followed by UPS Supply Chain Solutions and uh, J.B. Hunt, uh, rounding out the top five. So some very familiar names there. Yeah, I will highlight um, a new company joining the top one, or sorry, the top ten this year is Rider Supply Chain Solutions. It's a logistics division of truck leasing company Rider System. You know, the, the, that business includes, of course, you know, dedicated contract carriage, warehousing and distribution, supply chain management, uh, fulfillment. Uh, they've really been expanding their uh, logistics business, uh, you know, alongside truck leasing. So uh, last year, Ryder acquired a company, uh, an uh, omnichannel fulfillment provider called Whiplash, uh, for example. Uh, just an example of the, uh, you know, the growth there. Uh, so again, those are some pretty familiar names, you know, at the top of the list. But there, I think there's some more interesting changes further down the list, and you know, uh, you know outside of the top ten and, and elsewhere. But uh, you know, Michael, I'd like to hear your perspective on the updated list. I know you've spent some time going through this and, and looking at the new list. You know, what stands out to you as you review the, the new top 100? You know, some of the things, I mean, you were just alluding to, Seth, about uh, XPO and just the, 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 the fragmentation of the companies that, that are that brought out from XPO and how they're appearing on the list. You know, as you said, you have GXO Logistics at number six and you have RXO at 18. And and also generally, what I've noticed is the headlines that we've been reading for the past year about supply chain you know, bottlenecks and just uh, drags and delivery times and, and things of that nature when it comes to the, the, the freight carriers in, in general, especially ocean. Um, you, know, you, you get this, looking at the numbers, you get to see that bear out with the contraction some companies are, are facing and then there's others that are expanding. Uh, they were able to uh, position themselves in this type of environment. So it was quite interesting to see all the the newcomers uh, arrive on the list and and also just spread out. You know, you have uh, Armada Supply Chain uh, who who appeared at thirteen, and, and it's uh, their debut on the list. I mean, but but that was more of uh, M and A, and we'll we'll talk about that later. But it was it was it was uh, it was nice to see these companies and appear on the list for the first time. Um, and me being a homer, you know, I just want to give a shout to number 99, uh, uh, Keenan Advantage Group, KG Logistics out of Canton. They made the list. So, so num number 99, but they're, they're, they are in the top 100. So <laughs> you have that. But yeah, just just um, noticing that the, the headlines that we've, we've read this past year and seeing the data and, and those numbers uh, laying bare uh, as we uh, compile this list. Yeah, and um, you know, you mentioned KAG Logistics. Yes, the logistics arm of uh, Keenan Advantage Group, and you know, of course, a you know, major uh, bulk uh, tank truck carrier. Um, you know, they debut on the list, and uh, actually, right at number uh, one hundred is Logistics Plus out of um, Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, so there's definitely a, a Great Lakes feel to the uh, toward the bottom of of our top one hundred this year. Now, uh, Mike, this was your first year working on this project, and you know, along the way, you've spent more time swimming in this sea of data we've we've gathered than anyone. Uh, 
Uh, so I'm curious to hear some of your top takeaways uh, now that we've completed the project. Yeah, I mean, l- like Michael said, it, it was a pretty strong year across the board for these top 100 companies. Uh, looking at the top of the list specifically, every company in the top 20, except for one, uh, grew their revenue from 21 to 2022. Kuhn and Noggle overtaking UPS's logistics arm for number three stood out. Uh, it had the Kuhn and Noggle saw the biggest revenue increase in the top 10. Uh, they increased their gross revenue by $3 billion. Uh, so that really stood out to me as, you know, even though they only move up one spot, you know, th- that high up on the list, that's a pretty big shift. Also in the top 10, uh, as you mentioned before, Ryder, uh, they also saw a big increase. They had a uh, gross revenue increase of 41% and moved up from number 13 on our 2022 list to number 10 this year. Uh, Looking outside the very top of the list, there's some other interesting things that jumped off the page to me. Uh, Number 35 this year, Burris Logistics saw a drop in revenue, uh, but that can be explained by the uh, sort of consolidation of their business. They sold off a little bit of their business and they're in a refocusing phase on e-commerce and re- redistribution. So besides that, uh, largely you know, growth across the board for much of this list. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, I was wondering you know, to what extent that might be the case because 2022, you know, we, we're ranking these companies based on full year revenue. And of course, 2022 is last in the most recent uh, full year. Uh, and that's when, you know, we basically, you know, came back down to earth from the freight boom in, in 2021. So I was wondering just how much, uh, you know, these companies had grown, but yeah, pretty much across the board, uh, the, the majority, the overwhelming majority of these companies continued to grow last year. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more uh, about that. I think there's more to discuss, but you know, another topic I, I wanted to, to touch on uh, some more is M&A. You know, we've seen a lot of mergers, acquisitions, uh, and spinoffs in the 3PL industry in recent years, and that certainly continued uh, in 2022. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned Armada Supply Chain, is a, you know, Pittsburgh-based 3PL, uh, has a big presence in the food service industry, and uh, they acquired Sunset Transportation. It's a, a St. Louis-based uh, freight brokerage uh, late last year. Uh, so yeah, that, that combined organization lands at number 13 on our top 100 list with more than $5.5 billion in revenue. So a big organization that we have um, toward the top of the list. Uh, you know, Michael, you mentioned you know, the spinoffs from XBO. You know, that creates some, some new names on our list. You know, last year, uh, we, we added GXO, which is the, the contract logistics provider that broke off from XBO. Um, you know, they move up to number six on our list this year. And then uh, making its debut this year is RxO. That's the the freight brokerage spinoff uh, from from XBO, and, and they're at uh, number eighteen. Uh, now, when we talk about uh, M and A, uh, especially lately, uh, there's there's nothing else. You know, you certainly can't uh, uh, fail to mention you know Knight Swift uh, agreeing to acquire US Express, and yes, that's a you know, primarily a motor carrier uh, acquisition. Uh, it's the you know it's the the largest and the seventh largest truckload carriers in North America combining, um, but that also has a lot of implications for the three PL landscape as well. Um, you know both of those companies do appear on our our logistics list uh, for their brokerage and logistics arms, uh, so uh, you know that, that's still a 
Uh, it's not a done deal yet. You know, the company has announced the agreement in March and they expect to close it in the late in the second quarter or early third quarter. Uh, and because of that, uh, you know, the companies do retain separate rankings on this year's top 100 list uh, until it's a done deal. Uh, so for now, we have Knight Swift at number 37 and U.S. Express at number 62. Uh, if that deal goes through, would anticipate uh, Knight Swift and that combined organization you know, moving up the, the list. I uh, also want to highlight uh, another big truckload acquisition uh, with number 17, uh, DB Schenker. You know, they're a global logistics provider based in Germany, uh, and they just acquired USA Truck in September. Um, you know, and really, that's another example of the lines between 3PLs and large motor carriers continuing to blur. You know, most large motor carriers are you know, also 3PLs in, in some shape or form, you know, typically through brokerage, oftentimes through you know, warehousing distribution as well. Uh, so these companies are becoming uh, more diverse in their operations. Uh, and, and the line between 3PL and motor carrier uh, continues to, to get fudged, I think. Uh, Mike, you know, I want to turn this over to you as well um, to weigh in on your thoughts. You know, what acquisitions did you find most interesting this year? Yeah, so I think by by far the biggest one to mention, although it isn't going to be represented in our list this year because it's happened within uh, 2023, but the acquisition of U.S. Express by Knight Swift is really huge. They're both very strong companies and that combined company could create a powerhouse in the 3PL industry. And not only are they both top 100 companies, but they're both pretty high up on our freight brokerage sector list as well. Knight Swift placed at number 30 and US Express was number 58. So the the combining of those two divisions could really, really, you know, make a splash in the freight brokerage sector. Uh, even stronger is the merger of their dedicated operations. Uh, on our dedicated contract carriage list, Knight Swift ranked number seven and U.S. Express ranked number 11, combining two of the biggest dedicated contract divisions in the country. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of implications. And yeah, I mean, uh, clearly the the headline, of course, is combining all those trucks and it was creating this huge company in the truckload motor carrier space, but uh, a lot of implications for for logistics as well. Uh, Michael, I want to turn to you next. You know, what are your thoughts on M and A and consolidation in the three PL industry? Yeah, just to what you were saying, Seth, just the lines being blurred when it comes to three PLs and the companies that are noticing that trend and or taking part in that trend or, or taking action, you know, through M and A. You know, you, you you spoke about Armada uh, supply chain uh, acquiring Sunset and, and uh, DB Shanker uh, with USA Truck. And you know we can kind of see some of the uh, results of the the M and A's from from years past as well. You know Uber Freight, you know being number nine on the list uh, from from number ten with their acquisition of, of Transplace. I mean that that uh, positioned them to uh, become a, a larger player in, in the in the three PL space. And I would predict that we'll probably see more of this in in the coming in this coming year where, you know, these companies are going to position themselves more into the 3PL game since the, the lines are blurred, as you, as you mentioned, and, you know, the companies are going to take advantage, especially with the technology that are coming out now. I mean, maybe, you know, look, look forward looking wise, you know, we can see, you know, AI uh, probably play uh, you know, a bigger, uh, a bigger part and, you know, 
in, in freight brokering, um, you know, so, something that we may not uh, be able to see right at this particular moment. But you know, these are the times that those particular things will be in play and those seeds will be planted. And who knows, you know, in the next five, 10 years, we might see something completely different when it comes to 3PL. So, you know, and um, just having, you know, this environment, you know, especially after the bottlenecks we've uh, experienced this last year, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, we are definitely heading to a new normal and where uh, these these roles will be blended and these companies and, and there are going to be some companies that are going to uh, take the lead on this while, while others are, are um, contracting. And you can see this on the list and, and looking at the data throughout the year. Hello, Roadside listeners. Dan Ronan here from Transport Topics. I'm here to tell you about our new extended cuts of the Road Signs podcast. If you like what you learn here, I think you're going to really love this. So what is the Road Signs extended cut? Well, instead of ending the recording and saying our guest farewells, we're keeping our expert guests around for an extra one or two questions to gather a deeper, fuller picture of the influential topics in transportation. We capture that insight and convert it into a printable download that will help you navigate the latest trucking trends and guide your next business decision. Considering the easy, linkable, and printable format, you can keep the extended cut for your next big meeting, send it to your friends and colleagues, or pack it up for your next big conference. So how do you get the latest download? Well, it's real simple. Visit ttn.ws forward slash extended cut. That's ttn.ws forward slash extended cut. I think that your you know, thought on uh, technology is, is very much on point. You know, it's a uh, becoming a more and more, you know, digitized industry, you know, whether you're uh, a freight broker um, with more advanced software and data analytics and freight visibility and data sharing uh, to be a better, more efficient company and uh, be a better uh, logistic service provider to your, uh, to your shipper customers uh, and your carrier partners, you know, that's going to become increasingly table stakes. And, you know, it's uh that I think also is is very much part of this trend toward consolidation, right? I mean, uh, it's tougher for a midsize or a small broker or 3PL to you know kind of build all that stuff in house. So uh, that I think oftentimes is uh, you know, part of what's driving uh, some of the M and A activity we've seen. Uh, so we we may see more you know large, very large 3PLs. And uh, the others that remain small or midsize are going to have to have a really good niche market that really got to know and be and know who they are and, and really specialize. I think. Yeah, I, I, just to add on to that, Seth, you know, I think I think you're you're spot on with that assessment in the sense that you know the M, the M and A activity for some carriers might not be the you know uh, the the, uh, the the silver bullet, <laughs> the, the magic bullet that they're looking for. So it all depends on that niche and that partnership. And the relation within that industry as well. So the, those things really uh, are a big part when it comes to these mergers that we've been talking about. Yeah. And I do want to go ahead and circle back to the broader business environment for 3PLs. We started to touch on that a little bit earlier, but I think there's a lot more to, to dig into here. You know, the of course, the supply chain disruptions that were so widespread during the height of the pandemic uh, did really begin to ease up uh, last year. Um, you know, those shippers that have been just struggling so much with supply shortages, they're just you know, unable to keep up with demand. They, 
uh, these companies finally replenished their inventories last year. There was this just massive uh, buildup of inventory after all the shortages the you know so many companies experienced. And of course, that process drove a lot of business for 3PLs, you know, that restocking. And, you know, of course, at the same time, yes, freight demand cooled, especially in the spot market. Um, truck capacity has loosened up. Um, but at the same time, it does appear, uh, based on uh, Armstrong's analysis and, and our own assessment, that uh, freight brokers did manage to expand their margins in many cases. So uh, that's, uh, you know, a good... Um, step toward you know, improving you know, profitability. Uh, most, as we mentioned, most of the 3PLs that appear on our top 100 list did continue to grow the revenues last year. Not everyone, but, but the majority. Uh, and again, you know, when you just go over all this revenue data we gathered for this list, it does appear that 2022 was, a, it was a still a solid year for the 3PL industry, even as the, you know, the market moderated. Uh, but what's your take on that, Mike? You know, do you agree that uh, you know, 2022 still goes down as a you know, pretty good year for 3PLs. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, as we've said before, uh, the majority of the top companies uh, on our list largely saw huge growth in their revenues in 2022. Something interesting that I saw was that, uh, you know, we have 2022 revenue data for a lot of companies on the list. And of all the companies that we had that data available, um, 62 of our top 100 companies this year saw their gross revenue increase by at least 10%, uh, in a lot of cases by way more than that. But using that as sort of a benchmark, it, a significant portion, you know, more than half of the list saw that significant, you know, increase in their revenue. And even looking specifically at gross revenue for this year, if we look at last year, how many companies on the list reported at least $1 billion in gross re logistics revenue, uh, we had 56 companies on the list last year who hit that benchmark. And this year, that number ballooned to 67. So that just goes to show the scale of the growth that many 3PLs saw in 2022 as we move further and further from the worst of the supply chain disruptions that uh, we've been dealing with. Michael, I'll ask you the same question. You know, how would you characterize 2022 for the 3PL space? Well, it's the, the era of new normalization. Yeah, as you were alluding to earlier, just with the, the blending of lines when, when it comes to the 3PL market, and there's companies like XPO who were ahead of the of the game in the, in the sense where, you know, they had their spinoffs and they were able to take advantage of the, the market conditions that we're having in the truck industry and have these standalone businesses perform well for, for the year. So, and I think, you know, some of the companies that did not... Uh, adapt fast enough, you know, or, or experiencing that downturn. So I think that's the characterization that we're seeing right now. Um, so it, it's just the, the ability to adapt and thrive in the market that's particularly changing right now. You also want to talk a little bit about the cover story for the publication, uh, which I wrote this year, uh, really focusing on a more collaborative and, and consultative approach to supply chains. You know, in my conversations with 3PL executives, you know, that was one of the common threads uh, that I was really hearing a lot this year, especially kind of coming out of the you know, disruptions of the pandemic. Uh, 3PLs, I think the big successful, you know, the most successful 3PLs are the ones that are really positioning themselves as true business partners for their shipping shipper customers. You know, it's a, a matter oftentimes of just gaining a clear understanding of their business goals. 
you know, how that affects their transportation needs, uh, and also closer partnerships with carriers, right? It's not just the, uh, you know, working with your shippers, it's also working with the, the carriers that they depend on, uh, building loyalty and finding win-win opportunities uh, for their carrier base. Uh, and then those, those uh, relationships, those business partnerships really uh, are so important uh, when times are tough. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, emerging from the pandemic, uh, some of those partnerships were strengthened by the, uh, that experience. And there's an opportunity to, to improve supply chains, uh, working more closely together um, at the broadest, you know, level. Uh, so I really did dive into that a little bit with a cover story uh, that's uh, uh, included with the top 100 list. And uh, another aspect to the uh, publication that we haven't touched on yet are all the industry sector lists uh, that we also include in the publication. So these are uh, separate lists from the top 100. We're looking at specific segments within the 3PL industry. Uh, you know, the freight brokerage list we, pu we publish is very popular. Uh, we also look at warehousing providers, freight forwarders, uh, dedicated. Uh, you know, Mike, I want to get your thoughts on... Uh, any big changes or points of interest that you'd like to highlight uh, as you look over this year's sector lists? So the freight brokerage sector had a particularly strong 2022, uh, as we've talked about, uh, comparing it to last year. Uh, with last year's list, our number 100 uh, entry on the list reported $119 million in brokerage revenue. This year, our number 100, which is Whitehorse Freight, clocked in with $140 million of uh, freight brokerage revenue. Uh, that just goes to show sort of the increase in uh, revenue across the board for that sector. Uh, warehousing capacity is something else that we look at, and that also rebounded this uh, this past year. Uh, the number of companies with at least 2 million square feet of dry, st dry storage space increased from 73 in 2021 to 84 this year. Uh, besides that, the two sectors that didn't show undeniable growth were air and ocean freight forwarding. Uh, demand cooled for both in 2022 after the, after the pandemic-driven surge in demand, which led to some declined volumes. And this is seen particularly with our air freight list, as three of the top five air forwarders saw tonnage declines in 2022. Yeah, the international freight uh, is, is one area where uh, you know, we saw a little bit more pronounced cool down from you know, the, the boom of, of 2021. Um, you know, Michael, I, I'd like to get your uh, maybe final thoughts on the whether it's the sector list or the top 100, uh, anything that we didn't uh, get to yet that uh, stood out to you this year. Well, I mean, the, the, the things that stood out to me with the, the sector list that Mike referred to with ocean freight and air freight, you know, those are indicative of the headlines that we've been reading on the, the pages of transport topics about the supply chains, you know, supply chain di disruptions and and um, just coming off of those uh, pre-pandemic uh, highs. And and also just brokerages, uh, you know, expanding, you know, despite this this market condition that we're having with, 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 um, with, with spot freight and such. Um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the, I know the, uh, you know, the, the logistics list is coming out soon, but I'm also looking forward to, to next year's, uh, just how, uh, how those conditions in the market, are they going to be reversed? Or are they going to stay the same? And I'm also looking at uh, Night Swift as well, with, with their acquisition of U.S. Express, uh, where they're going to be on the list for next year, since uh, that 
uh, acquisition is still um, and it's uh, and it's churn. So I'm, I'm looking forward to those two things and just seeing where the market's at and, and just the acquisitions with uh, Night Swift and U.S. Express. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I actually going back to, to Mike's comments on some of our sector lists with uh, kind of a, a higher cutoff uh, point at the end of our lists. Uh, sometimes that's indicative of more companies, um, you know, providing data, us getting a little bit more insight into more companies. So we uh, can can fill in some of the, the gaps uh, among some of the mid-sized companies that we, we might have missed in previous years. Um, so along those lines, you know, we're always encouraging companies to participate in this project uh, every year. Uh, we, we appreciate uh, all the companies that do fill out our annual survey that share details about their operations that help us put together as a, I think, a very valuable resource for the whole industry. It's uh, something that, uh, you know, companies, of course, can look to and, and be proud of their place in the industry. And also, if you're maybe a newer um, uh, addition to the industry, if you're new to the 3PL world, you can use it as a, a very helpful guide to understand the big players at a, at a glance. Uh, you can also, of course, see how these companies uh, grow uh, from year to year. You can see who's growing the, the, the fastest and, and how the landscape is changing. Uh, but uh, on a closing note, uh, I just want to make it uh, clear to everybody who's listening how they can get involved and participate in next year's Top 100 Logistics Companies project if they aren't already doing so. Uh, so, Mike, just walk us through that. Uh, you know, Say you're, you're interested in participating. You, you think your company belongs somewhere on, on the top 100 or on our sector lists, how do you get involved? Yeah. So the best way to get involved is to just reach out. Uh, if you go to our staff page at ttnews.com, you can find my email address and you can reach out and let us know you're interested. So that way we can put you down in our contact files and you will get a survey for our 2024 edition once that begins production. I guess a great place to, to leave it. And I'll just say that uh, thank you, uh, both Mike and Michael for uh, sharing your insights on the top 100 list. And uh, of course, for both doing your part to bring this publication and many other TT projects to life. So you know, thank you for joining the podcast and discussing this. Thanks for having us, Seth. Thanks for having us. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. We hope you've enjoyed this in-depth look at Transport Topics 2023 Top Logistics Companies list. As a reminder, you can view the entire Top 100 and sector lists online at ttnews.com. And of course, if you're a Transport Topics subscriber, you already have a hard copy packaged with the April 24th issue of Transport Topics. So we'll be back on this podcast later this year with additional episodes of our Inside the List series as we produce the rest of our annual Top 100 and Top 50 publications. Uh, the next one on the, on the calendar here will be our top 100 for hire carriers list uh, that we'll be publishing in June. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in a couple weeks with a fresh episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. 
Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.